Yeah. Uh huh. It's a good song. Uh, but welcome back to the Animation Revaluation Podcast, everybody. <laughs> I. <laughs> The funniest part about that is that I loaded into like the wrong scene and it was just a black screen. <laughs> it was just <laughs> Oh man. Uh welcome back to the Animation Revaluation Podcast, guys. Uh I am your host Lizer, and with me today is just Jay. What's up, Jay? Yo. I say just Jay, like ah, it's it's just Jay, it's whatever. He's he's here all the time. But uh, James, James is out sick this week. Uh, he's in the chat right now. He says hi. Hey, James. Fucker. But uh, I'm tired. <laughs> Honestly, I felt tired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been a very long week. I've lived like three weeks this week. Hi, Jess. How you doing? Ah, but even though uh, we were busy and we've had long weeks, we still were able to sit down and and watch a little something something. Yes. And it was my pick this week. Uh, Yay, woo, hooray. And I decided to forego the anime and instead just choose a cartoon. A cartoon movie. A Disney cartoon movie. I'm gonna stop. We watched we watched that Lannister the Lost Empire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're also sick, Jess. It's James's fault. Castrate him. Oh. Oh. I said what I said. I'm not afraid. I'm not the one being castrated. Oh. <laughs> huh? What? She got sick first, yo. I don't give a damn. It's still your fault. Anyway. <laughs> so, we, yeah, we watched Atlantis. Um, the reason I had us watch Atlantis is because I felt it was one of the few um, Disney movies that were made. There was, like, this time period where Disney was putting out movies, and they got, like, cult followings, but they weren't really considered successful. And they ended up having, like, cancelled sequels, or just, like, getting no love at the time. You know, like, that kind of thing. And this, I I felt, was one of the movies that had that happen, where it's like... You ask people about it now, people who saw it back in the day, because this came out in 2001. And they'll say, like, oh yeah, that movie was great, I I remember loving it, blah blah blah. But back then, everyone was like, ah, it was, you know, it's whatever. It was an okay movie. You, would you agree with that? I'll be honest. I don't think I watched that movie until like maybe 2008. So. I just felt myself age. <laughs> I just. I felt wrinkles form on me. <laughs> but it's definitely a movie that I've watched over and over again. For sure. Uh huh. So I don't, I don't think it had the, like the, overall effect of how it went for others for me because mm-hmm. I, I, I genuinely just enjoyed the movie. It was just really good. And a few years later, I've come to appreciate it even more. I'm not elaborating on that. That's. Uh, worrisome. <laughs> I don't like the way you said that. What? What? Said what? What? I just said it. I, I literally said I come. I came to enjoy the movie, like a little more than I did as a kid. Why? Because you you said you're not elaborating. Elaborate. Explain. <laughs> That's why I'm worried. I saw J as Lizer. What? What? Why do you spell J like that? (laughs) 
But uh, anyway, let me let me get into what this movie actually is. God help me if please please let Liza remember what this movie's about. <laughs> I saw it last night and I can't remember it. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, so we have uh Milo James Thatch. Yes. Grandson of Thaddeus Thatch, who I do not have a picture of, who was an explorer. His words for some reason were coming out of your avatar, but I think you fixed it. Yeah, I did fix it. I noticed it. Um So his grandfather was an explorer and would tell him, you know, grand stories as as a child. I meant to get the picture of of him as a kid with his grandfather. Mm-hmm. Um and Milo grew up, you know, hearing these stories, falling in love with these things. So he studied uh linguistics, he started learning languages, piecing together dead languages, um runic symbolisms and stuff like that. And he is obsessed with the idea that Atlantis exists. And for anyone who doesn't know what Atlantis is, it's an ancient empire uh, that was supposed to have been, you know, very advanced for its time. This is like real life uh, mythology here. Uh, It was supposed to have been very advanced for its time and something happened and it sank into the ocean, never to be seen again, no remnants of it or anything like that. And it's basically the same uh, story in the movie. And he's spent, like, basically his whole life studying it and, you know, trying to dig up clues as to, like, how can we discover Atlantis? How can we find what their power source is and, and, you know, bring it to the current day? Because I think this takes place in 1914. They, like, just made the combustion engine for cars or something. Yeah. So he, he's obsessed with that to the point that he, like, pesters... He, he works at a museum. Um, he's supposed to be, like, head of linguistics, but he's basically relegated to just fixing the boiler in the basement. And that's, like, his office is, like, the boiler room. So... I lost my train of thought. So he, he, he bugs his um, his bosses about this all the time, and they're just sick and tired of it. They don't want anything to do with it. They don't believe him. They feel like he has no substantial evidence. Um, so he's planning on doing this like big presentation, and when we actually first see him, it's, it's set to be that you think people are watching him present, but it's just like mannequins or something. Um... But he has this whole presentation laid out, and it's actually a really good presentation, very detailed and everything, about, you know, how explorers in the past messed up, and, you know, they mistranslated a rune, so people thought that this specific book that would tell you how to get to Atlantis was in Ireland, but in fact it was in Iceland. Like, they, they just mistranslated a single letter, yeah. One letter. <laughs> yeah. Crazy how one letter can just change a whole word. Yeah. I mean, even like when it comes to languages, like uh like say Spanish, for example, the little accent mark can completely change what you say oh, too. Uh, yeah. yeah. Cause like Años and Anos oh. years and butthole. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, he, he's he's gonna be making this presentation. He suddenly gets this um, like a pneumatic tube, which I always thought was f- so freaking cool. I've never seen one in real life, but I love them. Uh, a, a letter comes down and it says, "Uh, we've why you know that is not surprising. What? Why do I? Who me? Anyway." He gets a letter in the tube, and it says, we've changed your um, your appointment time to, like, a half an hour earlier, I think it was. And then he, he looks up at the clock, and it's that time now. So, right away, he gets another letter, and it's like, oh, you missed the time, sorry, we're leaving. And you see, like, all these rich people that, like, I guess, run the, uh, the museum he works at, like, just, they dip. And when he comes out, he starts, like, trying to run after them, and they all, like, scattered. It goes into, like, if you remember, like, classic Scooby-Doo, like, when they would they would run into a door and then pop out, <laughs> pop out like, three other doors. 
So they did that. There's still sirens, dude. What the frick? Bro, I'm muting. Apologies. <laughs> that was like literally in front of my window. Um, so they all they all like run away from him, and he's like trying to track down the main benefactor. I don't even remember what his name is. Uh, I know he's played by the same guy who plays like Jumba in in Lilo and Stitch. Um, but the guy basically just ignores him. So Milo gets to the point that he's like, "Listen, look at this," and he pulls out like a piece of paper. It's like, what's that? It's like, this is a letter of resignation. If you don't fund my project, I'm going to quit. And the guy's like, yeah, okay. Flush your whole career down the drain. See what happens. And just like, he basically said, do it, pussy. Right? You won't. <laughs> you won't. Fight back. <laughs> and it just kind of leaves Milo dejected. I don't even think he, he like... I don't think he, he was actually going to quit. I think he was hoping that it would, like, scare the, uh, the benefactor into it. Because even... Well, let me, let me continue first. Uh, he goes home. It's like, it's starting to rain. It's dark in his, in his apartment. And we suddenly see... Where is it? We, we, we get to meet uh, Lieutenant Helga Katrina Sinclair. Right, <clears throat> so we get to meet her. She's in his his apartment, like waiting for him, and she tells him that she has a benefactor that would like to meet him, and he's like, "Okay, how are you in my apartment? What the frick is happening right now?" And she's like, "Oh, don't worry about it. Uh, you're gonna want to meet this guy." So he just like kind of goes along with it, which I feel is weird. <laughs> James is sheeshing in chat. <laughs> Why are you sheeshing? Um, yeah, so he just kind of goes along with it. He, um, oh, because of the picture I put. <laughs> Here's a normal picture. It was, you never said anything about it, so I just left it. Here's a normal picture of her. That's Lieutenant Helga Katrina Sinclair, or as I like to call her mommy. Um, so he's, he agrees to, to meet this mysterious benefactor. And as, as they drive up to this, like, big mansion, uh, Helga's telling him, like, you will address him as Mr. Whitmore or Sir. You will not speak unless spoken to. You will not be seated unless he asks you to be seated. And it, it makes you think it's going to be this really uptight, like, scary dude. But what we get instead is, like, this almost, like, crazy sounding old dude he's like doing yoga pantsless and just like letting everything hang out it was it was weird man <laughs> like i felt uncomfortable <laughs> um but he he basically explains like he knew thaddeus which again is milo's grandfather um he went on a lot of, of the adventures with him. They shared stories all the time. They were close friends. And he promised him that if he could ever find proof of Atlantics existing, he would not only fund the project fully for the exploration, but he would kiss him. And he says, like, that was the best and worst day of my life or something like that. And pulls out a picture after having just kissed the grandfather. And they're, like, both wiping their faces. Uh, but it was, what, the discovery of, I think, the book, right? The journal? Yeah. Yeah, that's when they discovered it. Uh, or, or at least its existence. Because, as we said before, it was in Iceland. So he had dispatched a, a crew. Uh, at this point, we don't know who the crew is. But there was a crew. And he said, I found the book. And <laughs> there was one part that Milo was like, where'd you find it? It's like, Iceland. And he's just like, I fucking knew it. <laughs> he has that moment of like, oh. <laughs> Everybody told me I was wrong. I proved. <laughs> um, but Milo is, is, is very much like, 
he's stating his love of this project his love of his grandfather and the passion he has for it and um mr whitmore is kind of being nonchalant about it makes it seem like he doesn't really care much but in fact he was just like gauging what milo was going to react like and it was kind of like to deem him worthy you know see if he was like his grandfather and that's when he reveals to him like i'm going to fully fund this project you're you know you're in charge of you know leading everyone there and and deciphering the runes in the book and all that type of stuff so then it just kind of jump cuts to um oh man i should have got pictures of like the ship and everything it just kind of jump cuts to us meeting the crew and i'll just put them all up and give them a description uh i don't really have a specific order but we have the commander which is this guy right here that is commander lyle tiberius Rook, and he's just like generic military man like decorated veteran uh very like to the letter type of guy you could tell like he's just a classic animated military man <laughs> i mean it, especially in this point of time in like animated movies when they had a military man like this you basically knew not to trust him like look at iron giant mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like the same type of thing uh <laughs> just this chin Oh, look, James is participating. There goes the ship. Nice. Did they ever give it a name? I do not know. Let's call it the Atlantis. <laughs> it's a shit name, but whatever. <laughs> um, after, after the commander is the doctor. His name is Dr. Joshua Strongbear Sweet. But everyone just calls him Sweet. And he was actually half African American, half Native American, which is why, you know, he has the strong bear in his name. <laughs> and I don't know, I, I felt like that was such a cool like representation to have, especially for a movie taking place around this part of like this time time period. Cool. It's like a I wouldn't say inclusive, but like definitely you know, it's huge. Yeah. And it, th- there's no, like, stereotype stuff with him. He, they don't make him, like, stereotypically black. They don't make him stereotypically uh, native. You know, he, he pulls out, like, the chain that has, like, the the feathers on it or whatever. But that's just, like, he's, he's saying, like, oh, yeah, I got my doctorate here. I did this. And it's, like, mementos that he keeps. That's probably the closest they get to that kind of thing. But he's he's a very like weird but like laid back character. Like this this uh face that he's making in the picture was like a meme for a while. And it's because when he first meets Milo, he goes into like doctor mode. And he's like, I I need to check uh he checks his like his temperature, his his I think he checked his weight, um, his pulse, and then he pulls out like these two big jars. He's like, I'm gonna need a sample. I'm gonna need you to fill these up. And Milo's like, with what? Uh, it's probably also a good time to bring up Mole. Here we go. This is. Wait, what? What did he say? Well, they respected him. Plus, they went on an adventure with everyone else except Milo to get the Shepherd's Journal. Right? Yeah, I was gonna get to. That. I was gonna introduce the whole crew first. Man, even when you're not here vocally, you're still interrupting me. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> uh, yeah, this is this is um Gaetan Molière, and he is a mole man basically. He is supposed to have been brought on board to study um like dirt basically. He's that's what he does. He studies dirt and like all that area of stuff like rocks sand anything like anything like that he has these special goggles that can like zoom in he can taste the dirt and find out its origin he'll be able to tell you like 
like for example milo he he took a piece of dirt out from under his uh fingernail and he was able to say like oh you write with a number two pencil but only the type that's used in like offices and museums and stuff like that uh you had this for like breakfast he was able to like break down everything for him and i guess it's a testament to like how good he is at his job but he's so fucking weird he is literally a mole man yeah he's french yeah are you saying that's why he's weird no are you sure yes it was just very (laughs) he's so weird isn't he french (laughs) yeah that was just (laughs) it's like why yes yes he is why (laughs) we we (laughs) but yeah he's just weird to the point that like everyone kind of they don't really avoid him because he's weird they avoid him because he's gross it seems it seems he doesn't like shower or anything yeah he doesn't he doesn't he's he's your typical smash player (laughs) god (laughs) he even mentioned he had a cat really i didn't even catch that um I know, James, you asked me to talk about his backstory, which I looked up, and uh, I was going to bring up later that there was a sequel made to this, but I'll, I'll say here, the only backstory I could find was that in the sequel, he said he was raised by mole rats, but that's considered uh, non-canon, and it was, it's actually said that uh, both of his parents raised him in France. Uh, they were both teachers. His mother was a music teacher. I, I don't think it's specified what his father taught, but he, he taught in, I believe, a college. And uh, Mole, at the age of, I think, seven, discovered like some catacombs or something. And that's where he fell in love with, uh, with Dirt and started his path to becoming who he is now. If that's what you were talking about with the whole I was raised by naked mole rats thing. Who would be next? Uh, Let's go with Audrey. The one I remember the least about. Audrey Rocio Ramirez is, I believe they said 19? Right? I believe so. Uh, she is basically the cruise mechanic. She seems to be the only one on the entire, like, 100-plus person crew that they start off with that knows how to work anything mechanical. Uh, she's kind of a genius when it comes to it. She, in her backstory, she says that she uh, runs a, gar- uh, a garage, is it? Yes. A garage with her father. So he's he's obviously also a gearhead. She says that he wanted boys, uh, one to help him with the garage and one to be a professional boxer, and instead ended up with her and her sister. I don't think she names the sister, but I know that Milo goes, "Well, you you became you know the mechanic. What about your your sister?" She's like, "Oh, she's like twenty three and zero and up for a title shot next week." I was like, "What the fuck, bro? He's <laughs> <a> badass." <laughs> But they, they really don't focus on her too much, honestly. No, we don't get too much. She's kind of just put there, you're told who she is, what she does, and then she moves on. I think she's she's like, yeah, she she's the one that probably gets close to Milo first. If you even want to say that. She's the one who like first invites him to the group. Like, hey, you could come sit with us. Like, join the cool kids table. I just misread one of the names as Kim Kardashian. I hate myself. (laughs) Who are there any more crew members? Oh yes, of course, of course, yes. Not just him. There, there's another one. So we have the explosive expert. Vincenzo Vinny Santorini, which is the most Italian name I've ever heard. (laughs) 
And as I said, he's the explosions explosive expert. Um, his backstory is that his family owned a flower shop. He helped them at the shop all day, every day. It drove him absolutely nuts. Um, one day, the store next door had like a gas leak, I think. Uh, and it went off. It blew him through the window and just awoke something in him. And he's just been like basically a pyromaniac, explosion maniac. What do you, what would you call that? Uh, uh, that yeah, because a pyromaniac loves fire. He doesn't really care about the fire. He likes the boom. Yeah, there's a there's a term for it. I just can't. Explosifile. <laughs> it was a dry cleaners that explode. Yeah, makes sense. But look at the smile on that face when things go boom. I think he was. Wasn't his picture that they gave Milo like a, a mugshot? I believe so. <laughs> and they just like bailed him out of jail and just like, alright, come on this expedition. Mm. I feel like he's also one that's not really given too much. Uh. They don't shed too much light on him either. Yeah. I mean, on any of them, really. It just some feel like they just have more soul than others, I guess. Yeah, I guess you can say that because the more of their character shines through with their interactions with Milo mm. rather than just them on their on like their own. Yeah, definitely. So you just see more of them when they interact with Milo than anything else. But. Let me see. We have two more crew members to get through. Next up is the cook. That would be Jebediah Allardyce Farnsworth, aka Cookie. And this man is just your like podunk old western cook. He only believes in like cooking with bacon grease and beans. He doesn't believe vegetables should be on anyone's plate. He thinks that there's like 30 states in America. <laughs> he has them tattooed <laughs> on his stomach. That was the strangest thing I saw. <laughs> he, he was like, uh, he was like that he could make like Iowa dance or something. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, they mentioned they bailed him out when they were explaining it to Milo at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, there's not much to say about Cookie, he's just the cook. Uh, he doesn't- he's not a very good cook, nobody really wants to uh, eat what he makes. But I do want to point out, he is played by Jim Varney. I don't know if anyone watching knows who that is, um, because he actually passed away before the movie even came out. But I grew up watching Jim Varney. Um, here's a picture of him, maybe that'll like boost somebody's memory and be like oh that guy i grew up watching him he did a lot of movies uh there was a series of movies called the Ernest movies and it was like Ernest saves christmas Earl Ernest goes on vacation Ernest goes back to school and it's just this like he played this guy who was just a fun loving idiot and would just get into bad situations and he was very well known at, at the time. He was a, a huge star, basically. And he was just like another name added onto this list of movies. The, the, uh, this list of actors in this movie. Because um, there's actually a, a ton of well-known actors in this movie. I don't know if you noticed that. Like Milo, I didn't say before, but he's played by Michael J. Fox. Who people might know from Back to the Future. Yeah. And then... There's also, uh, I'll just go ahead and introduce her so I can talk about who plays her as well. Uh, Kida Gakash Nadakh. <laughs> am I racist? Am I racist for that? Her name's Kida. Kida for short. She's played by Cree Summer. And if you don't know who that is, uh, number five on Codename Kid Next Door. Susie Carmichael on Rugrats. Basically any character... Whether it be a young boy or a female character from the late 90s to like mid 2000s that had a little bit of melanin on their skin, 
she she played them. <laughs> um, That's one way to put it. Yeah, like any any character at all, it was her. <laughs> uh, Bakita actually runs into them as they're going through like all these tunnels and everything. Um, and she is spoiler like the princess of Atlantis. I think the movie actually opens on her, doesn't it? Yeah. So she runs into them. She's wearing like this big like tiki mask. I'm reciting this all from memory. <laughs> she had a really big mask and it was it was hard to tell like the, her actual size because of the, the how big the mask was. Mm. And so if you ever saw like her or any of the others like in the dark you would just see the mask yeah the shadow yeah so she i think milo had gotten hurt and she healed him so if you can see on the picture she has like a crystal on on her um around her neck yeah let's say that man it's hot in here um So she has this crystal and it's it's imbued with some kind of magical power that she doesn't even really know what it is uh but she's able to heal him with it and she like kind of scares away milo chases after her and the crew follows now at this point the crew is no longer the like hundred man crew that they had before because like a giant uh mecha lobster attacked them while they were underwater and they lost like 90 percent of their crew so it's just like the crew that I said before, uh, like all the named characters. Did I mention Miss Packard? Oh my God, how could I forget Miss Packard? The fucking sirens in the background. <laughs> Here's Miss Packard. She is, she's like on the sonar, I guess you could say, and she's the one who also makes the announcements. She is an old lady who just does not give a fuck anymore. Like, they're getting attacked by the giant mecha lobster, and she's on a call with her friend. She, she, she literally says, like, oh, he took his suitcase? Honey, he's not coming back. And they're getting attacked. She's, she's like, all right, I gotta go. No, no, I'll call you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so it's like them and a couple of soldiers. So Milo's chasing after Kita. Here's the tiki mask thing. And, you know, he loses her, but he stops on this, like, edge of a cliff. And we don't get to see what he sees, but he's just, like, in awe. And everyone catches up to him. And we finally get the pan out, and we see Atlantis in all its glory. And it's kind of just, like, low floating above the water. And there's, like, lava separating them and a bridge. So they, they cross the bridge. And... Are they, like, stopped? I don't remember. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I can't go any further, and then a language exchange is, like, just done. Uh-huh. I don't remember exactly what was said. I know they end up meeting the king, though. Yes. Yeah, so here is the king. Because they persuaded, they persuaded that, um, they're there, you know, as explorers, they Mm-hmm. Um, he was like, "We don't. We're not here to cause you guys any harm. We're here to observe." You know? I I thought things were gonna get real bad because the king was like, "Listen, <laughs> yeah, <I gotta> go. <laughs> like they yeah. they know the secret of Atlantis. They cannot leave leave here alive." And I was like, "Oh, was like, oh. <laughs> well then." Fun fact in the movie: there's a total of thirty five thousand one hundred eighty five deaths. What the fuck? What? Did you make that up or is that a real that's not a fun fact, that's horrible. <laughs> that's that's not fun, James. If you think that's fun, you have a problem, bro. Um <laughs> But yeah, this is the king, uh Kashakim Nadach. I don't know if I said that right. It's Atlantean. Can I? I can't be racist to a thing that doesn't exist. You're doing great. 
Am I? Yes. I don't know, man. Sometimes I feel like I'm just underachieving on everything. Uh, no, can we, can we stop? He's <laughs> <laughs> getting too real. Hold on. <laughs> Hercules has 20,000 deaths. I don't know. What's with Disney and death? What's with you and death? Why are you bringing up so many deaths? You want to talk about it, buddy? <laughs> Need a hug? <laughs> Uh, but the king basically says, like, yo, y'all can't stay here. Like, yeah, my mom said you gotta go. And it's actually Rourke, because uh, Milo was like, all right, I guess we gotta go. I guess I guess that's it. Uh, we know it exists now, though. But Rourke is like, nah, nah, I'm gonna get me some treasure, bruh. And he's like, hey, can we at least, can we at least stay the night? Like, it's cold outside. Please? My mom asked me to ask your mom. <laughs> <laughs> My mom already said yes. <laughs> so I just need your mom to say yes and then it's all, it's all good. I have snacks. <laughs> um, But the, the king is like, alright. Listen. One night. Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones voices him, right? No. 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 It's not Tommy Lee Jones. It's uh, Leonard Nimoy. From Star Trek. Wait, the kid. Oh, Rourke? I have no idea who voices Rourke. He's an asshole. <laughs> it might be Tommy Lee Jones. I don't know. Uh, so the, yeah, they they stay the night. It feels like a lot more than a night. It feels like so much happened. It, it's like the point in the movie where they're like, "All right, we got a time limit. We got to speed up the plot." Uh, but Milo meets up with um, Kida. And they just both have questions for one another. Milo wants to know everything about Atlantis. Kida wants to know about the, you know, the world outside. She's at one point she's like, "When did the flood waters recede?" So I guess she's under the impression that like the rest of the world is flooded, and that's like only Atlantis is surviving. And I think that the, the plan was, you answer one question, I'll answer one question. They were gonna go like round robin style, but. And they get distracted by, like, these motorized, like, power bikes that Atlantis had. And Milo's able to transcribe uh, the directions on how to use it. And he finds out that the Atlanteans cannot read Atlantean. They have lost that knowledge. They can speak it, but they can't read it. Which sounds stupid, but whatever. I guess there's people who can speak English but not read it. Makes sense. Um, so he's able to translate this and she's super excited because she's like, I've tried this, I've tried that, I've tried this. And he's finally like, no, you got to do this. And they're able to activate the, uh, the bike and it like hovers and they crash it almost immediately. But that's not important. What is important is that she has this epiphany that she's like, listen, there's this, uh, this like gateway thing and it has all these runes. I need you to... Tell me what it says. And they have to like swim for God knows how long. It felt like way too long, especially with him not being a trained swimmer. Uh, but he was able to make it with her. And he, he starts deciphering this message that's like underwater. And it's basically like, I don't know how they fit, how they fit it on such a small, I mean, it wasn't small, but considering what it was, it was small. It was basically the entire history of, of Atlantis. But like, on the hinge of a door. If that makes any sense. Just like the door frame. Was the entire history of Atlantis. Which is why I'm saying it's small. But he's able to decipher it. And he learns about like. The um, stone king things. I'm, I'm lost on what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm rambling. <laughs> Jay. My mind just went blank. Okay. <laughs> what am I talking about? Need a I do need a moment. <laughs> uh, what happens next? Oh, well, she she's just excited about it, and they go back to where like they first got into the water, uh, to, I guess to rest for the night or whatever. And uh, Rourke is waiting for them there uh, with soldiers and guns 
and uh just bad vibes all around like he really like he hit a party foul to be honest um and he he takes kita captive and is like listen you're gonna help me find the treasure or she's gonna fucking eat lead bow and (laughs) she's gonna get it she could get it to be honest but you set me up for that come on (laughs) there was no way that wasn't gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) um so i think like milo's like listen i literally don't know anything like i can tell you written knowledge i can tell you this and this but as far as like where the power come from i don't fucking know bro and they find that there's like a a riddle like the treasure is in the eye of the king so rourke is like yo king the fuck bro and he i think he straight up like decks him yeah he was like that's not that wasn't part of the plan yeah it was crazy and then he takes his seat and he notices yeah. that like in the water is the same pattern that's like on the piece of paper that he kept the book. yeah and he's like wait a second the eye of the king it's what the king sees right there mm. which like isn't that exactly where they were swimming at no oh that was a different part oh they were further outside oh the, the king's room well it's literally like as soon as you enter atlantis it's like right fucking there and the king was just in front of it the whole time and they were talking above it the whole time but it basically leads to this like cavern that has these floating stone heads and they're said to be representations of like the past kings of it, of atlantis and rourke is like yo milo get them down milo's like how how explain to me right now do it and kita just like gets possessed by like the ghost of christmas past or something and she starts walking on water and it was fucking crazy bro jesus is angry but she likes what does she like levitate i don't remember she she just stops like using her legs while they got (laughs) (laughs) so she becomes a paraplegic Why'd you go quiet? I wasn't okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's like Cookie said before, no vegetables. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. That's funny. (laughs) But yeah, this like, these stone king faces thing uh kind of like imbue her with power and she becomes like literally just pure power like she's like glowing she doesn't look like herself anymore she's just like blue with white eyes and she's okay dude (laughs) she's become phase on energy sure um and she's just like she doesn't react to anyone she just walks and then just stops walking she just stays there so like what do we do and i think rourke goes to touch her and milo stops him and i wish he didn't stop him because i wanted to see what happened but they they end up like building a box around her like a metal box to transport her and they just they dip they're they're like all right bye we got the energy source whatever and everyone goes to leave milo is gonna stay uh i guess he feels like he can't either they're not taking him or he feels like there's nothing he could do so he's gonna stay with atlantis i'm not sure but everyone else on the crew is leaving and he he has this moment of like you guys really gonna do this like right now on my dog's birthday like for real and one by one they all just like i think it starts with audrey she's like all right come on and like one by one they all go to his side and rourke says like all the stuff we've done all this time now you decide to like grow a conscience and i think Vinny is the one that says like yeah we did a lot but 
nobody ever got hurt, at least no one we knew. And it's like, they, they've come to accept Milo as one of them. They like the people of Atlantis who, like, showed them their home, cooked for them, ate with them. Yeah, hospitality. And now they're just going to betray them. And it just doesn't sit right with any of them. Because I guess it's like, although they've done bad things in the past, they're not bad people. But Rourke is having none of it. He's like, alright, whatever, I get more money. So him and Helga just leave. And they get into this, I don't even know where the hell they got it, but like, a hot air balloon? Yeah. <laughs> and just start like, floating up. And back in Atlantis, things are starting to, uh, like, everyone's crystals are no longer glowing. The king is like, yo, you gotta save my daughter. She's been chosen, just like her mother was chosen. <clears throat> he dies. Doesn't even know if they actually save her or not because he just fucking he, he disconnected. <laughs> Bro, he called me a slur and then DC. It's crazy. I hate this game. Must be League. But yeah. So they have to go save Kita. Now, how are they going to do that? I don't know because everyone's fucking crystal lost power, but somehow they're able to power the bikes. I, never, I didn't understand that part. But I guess you're not supposed to question it. But everyone gets on the, the like hover bike things, including the people without crystals, and just chase them. And we find out that the bikes can like shoot lasers and shit, and there's like this epic battle that happens. It's fucking crazy, bro. The blimp at one point, I mean the hot air balloon at one point is like too heavy because they like popped one of the balloons. So uh Rourke and, and Helga start like throwing things over. And they throw everything over, and, and Hulk is like, we're still too heavy, like, unless someone jumps. And Rourke is like, thanks for volunteering, and straight up just throws her off. And I was like, bro, she's hot. Why? And that's why I think he's an asshole. Not because of anything else he did in this movie, but because he threw the hot chick off. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> bro that's mommy bro <laughs> but she like falls doesn't die gets out her flare gun basically says eat this shoots it pops the fucking balloon milo's there trying to fight the dude he's catching his punches like yeah whatever you're a fucking wimp uh milo pulls out like the shard that's imbued with the energy of kita and like scratches Rourke with it and he just becomes like a fucking like I don't know like lightning beast it was weird it's not explained he's just like infected by the energy and you think that he's like immediately dead because he's frozen in place and you just see like this horrible visage of him and even Milo like has this moment where he just like takes a, a breath of you know relaxation but then Rourke just like jump scares him like Five Nights at Freddy's style and they start fighting again and Milo bails the whole thing comes crashing down I think it crashes on Helga and she dies which sucks uh, but they're able to save um, Kida they bring her back to Atlantis all the power comes back on it's like they paid their bills on time or something yeah there you go there goes the monster form um and yeah, it just kind of jump cuts. Uh, everything is good now. Uh, we're not going to mention the giant stone statues because they make me angry because I think they're stupid. <laughs> it was stupid. These giant stone statues like, okay, time to protect everyone. Ha! And then like a force field comes out and stops the lava from hitting them. And then the force field expels the energy and breaks the hardened lava. And none of it falls on the Atlanteans. Because that's how physics works. Yes. <laughs> you know, in this fantasy movie. <laughs> science. <laughs> I don't know. 
But then, Kira is now queen of Atlantis. Uh, the people have their power. They're starting to understand their history because Milo is like translating and teaching them things. Um, the crew decide that they're going to go back home. They have their treasure. They get like a ship loaded with like gold. And they're like, we wish we could have did more. And they're like, nah, we're, believe me, we're good. <laughs> and Milo decides to stay. Um, it's actually revealed, I think, in the sequel that him and Kita get married after she becomes queen and everything's settled. You, don't, you never see, like, the kiss scene or anything in this movie. I think the closest we get is them holding hands. Um, but yeah, the crew, they go back to um, the rich dude, uh, Preston Whitmore. And they're all, like, decked out in suits and, like, fancy clothing. And they all have, like, little pieces of crystal, like, imbued somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I guess to, like, make it less obvious as to what it is. And they're, like, they all have this story of, like, oh, yeah, um, he, Milo, he, like, he drowned. Uh, this, this one died this way, this one died that way. Cookie keeps messing it up and saying what really happened, and they're like, no, no. So they all have that story, and they're sticking to it. Um, and you could tell, like, he, he knows the truth because he's looking at the pictures of Atlantis. And he's like, oh, okay, so this happened. Oh, okay, I guess, like, telling him the story. Um, and then he gets to, like, this little package that Milo sent him. And it's actually one of the crystals from Atlantis. And somehow it has power, even though it's so far away from the power source. Because we saw before that when the power source is too far away from the crystal, it loses power. But you know, whatever. <sighs> anyway. Movie basically ends there. Because <laughs> so it pisses me off, bro. Like, don't establish these rules in your movie and then not stick to the rules that you established. Understandable. I'm gonna make a superhero who's invulnerable to everything except knives, and then he's gonna get stabbed, but it's not gonna hurt him because he's invulnerable to everything. But you s what? All right. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? I got it. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so couple talking points here. Uh, yes. as I mentioned before, there was a sequel to this movie. Yes. And it was... Did you watch it? I did not. Did you know about it beforehand? I had no clue. <laughs> so, it's actually called Atlantis Milo Returns, Atlantis 2, like, different people call it different things. I've, I've seen it labeled different things, so I'm not 100% sure. I just call it Milo's Return. But what it is, is basically, like, a three-part story that has them, like, come out from Atlantis and solve problems, uh above sea level in different parts of the world that have like roots in atlantis basically and they deal with like uh the kraken um some like mystical spear a uh, dude who thinks he's odin like all that kind of stuff uh it's it looks very cheaply made compared to this movie like the animation is is very more but much more cheap um most of the cast returned i think the only one i could think of off the top of my head that doesn't return is michael j fox and it was just kind of poorly received and i mean I, I understand why it doesn't really work but to be honest it was actually supposed to be a series it was supposed to be like 20 episodes i think 18 to 20 something episodes and they decided it just wasn't working out for them and they took the basically the three arcs that they were gonna have made it into a singular movie and just animated a couple sequences to make everything fit together so they kind of just forced it all into one thing and it didn't work out and it's kind of sad to say that because there was actually a plan for a true like theatrical sequel and because milo's return did so bad they canceled it oh yeah but it was actually supposed to be a show like I think back in the day they had like a Tarzan show that was supposed to set up a Tarzan sequel. And it kind of just went the same way. Something Disney's known to do. What else? What else? What else? I don't know what else. 
I think that was everything I... Oh, no, there was one more thing. Uh, there was actually some legal issues that they went through uh, for this movie. Because it, it, you know, it's based on the real-life mythology of Atlantis. And there's some, um... There's some references to, like, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, which is, you know, a famous old story. But there was actually a... I, the name escapes me right now. But there was a, a Japanese animated movie that came out in, I believe, the 90s. And it had, like, the Atlanteans. It had the crystals. It had some of the character designs. As a matter of fact, I have this here to show. Yeah, it was called Nadia. So you see, like, the similar character designs, the glowing crystal. Um, I think the main difference is that the character of Nadia was living on land and had no idea that she was an Atlantean and finds out later. I believe I've never seen it. That's just what, what I've kind of gotten from, like, a synopsis. And it was literally, like, a two-sentence two synopsis, so I'm not 100% sure. But, um... The director of atlantis was like i've never heard of this movie uh obviously there's going to be similarities because we we both have the same like source material that we took things from but people are like there's the like it, there's no way because the stuff that was copied wasn't copied from the source material you it was copied straight from the anime and it was the people who worked on the anime were actually rooting for a lawsuit to happen against disney but it was up to like their parent company to file it and do all that and they actually came out and said they were like we could 100% have done it and possibly even have won but the repercussions of a legal battle against an entity as big as Disney was too much of a risk so we just didn't do anything about it which is kind of sad honestly like Disney was so big and imposing that they just took the loss they, they took the L on that one but yeah like I said uh, pretty good movie I I like it a lot but it I felt like it never really got the recognition it deserved I think I'd probably give it a 7 out of 10 more or less how about you, buddy? I, it has the rewatchability because I think overall this is my fourth time watching it, I believe. I've lost count. Mm -hmm. But I've enjoyed it every time. I try not to pay attention to the smaller things. <laughs> like me. <laughs> it makes me angry. But, you know, overall, I can give it an 8. And, uh... I'll take a look at the, um, the sequel. Oh no, you don't have to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't gotta do that one, bro. Um, honestly, the the like little details that I was getting upset about, I didn't notice until like I'm here thinking, like while watching the movie, I didn't think about that stuff at all. But just like me rambling right now. I was like, wait a second. Who are you people? Like that moment. <laughs> Who would win? War trained expert marksman and master of hand to hand combat could kill you with his left pinky plus entire arsenal of cronies? Or one pointy boy? <laughs> Did you notice that um, they gave Kira a nut face? No. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh let me let me inform everyone of what James had said to me beforehand. He said that he actually really enjoyed it. He gave it a ten. Which I'm surprised about. I think it's good. I don't think it's a 10. But you know. He's been wrong before. So it's fine. Um. <laughs> why am I a dick? <laughs> he pointed out that. 
he he said something that like um milo and his grandfather reminded him of like me and my grandparents and i was like what do you mean he's like oh you know like hanging out with them and having stories it's like isn't that just having grandparents <laughs> i don't know <laughs> isn't that just being close with a relative <laughs> but i mean i i relayed the message james <laughs> thank you <laughs> i appreciate the sentiment but yeah you you gave it a what i gave it a i gave it an eight how hard it was but the finish wasn't the greatest movie wasn't the worst movie i've ever seen but it definitely was uh really good so around so around an eight average for all of us together oh, that's not bad. i never had the chance to know my grandparents jesus fucking christ james <laughs> why what the fuck <laughs> i never knew my father <laughs> all right well <laughs> It was, uh, your turn next, right? What do you got for us, brother? How do you, like, a good old-fashioned revenge story? Um, it depends. Like, like, what kind of revenge are we talking? Like, we're, we're talking, like, you know, all you people treated me like shit. Watch me do the absolute best I can. Oh, okay. We're not talking about like cucking or anything like that, right? No, we're, we're not. We're, we're not. We're not. Action? That territory. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. I like where this is going. Lay it on me, brother. Uh, some fantasy as well. You know, it's never me without a little bit of fantasy. I fantasize every night. Oh. That's great. <laughs> but we are watching something that I hold pretty, uh, pretty dear to my. Right. Nice, Oni Chichi. Oh. oh <laughs> the rising of the shield hero. <laughs> shield hero's not the only thing rising tonight, baby. <laughs> I'm gonna take pictures of my fucking Raftalia <laughs> that I have here. Yeah. James says nice. Have you seen it before, James? Speak now or forever hold your peace, James. You got like 30 seconds. Yeah. I'll play an ad, bro. I'm not afraid. <laughs> yeah, you've seen it? Okay. Uh, I don't remember if I've seen it or if I just read it. If I have seen it, I've, I haven't seen much of it. Because I focused on reading it. And... From what you told me, you read it. Yeah, I, no, I definitely read it. I just don't remember if I've seen anything. I might. I don't know if I've seen like clips or if I've seen entire episodes. I see. But I read, like, decently far into it. I know at one point I caught up, and I was like, fuck, what do I do now? <laughs> My life is over. <laughs> like, you just let a whole bunch of volumes last. <laughs> I was like, who, who am I? What is my purpose in life now? <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> Sir, I need to stop screaming. Who are you? Sir, this is a Denny's. <laughs> you can't do that here. Where are your pants? <laughs> Alright, I'm, I'm hyped to see this. It, I remember being really into it when it when reading it, and then I kind of like fell off because it was just too much isekai happening at once. Which is still true to today, honestly. I, I, I do think they need to pull back on the isekai genre, I'll be honest. Yeah. It, it's getting real painful. James says, yeah, I caught up too and forgot where I left off. Same, buddy. Same. Big mood. <laughs> Big fucking mood. <laughs> uh, yeah, but anything you want to add before we end it? Uh, yeah, Kita's best girl. Uh, anyone that, that disagrees with me could uh, catch me on the block. I know where you live, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Have a night. <laughs> so, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, I guess, all right. 
it's on site, bro. It's a hell of old day. <laughs> She's dead. End. I'm dead inside. It's like a match made in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> tune next week for episode 52 of the animation revaluation podcast the rising of the shield hero see you next time see ya bye